Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Friday, January 31st, 2020. I'm Shannon, and I am here with Brooke this evening so that we can talk about the Mystery Writers of America's Edgar Awards, the nominations for which came out on January 22nd. So before we dive into the episode, um, I have some housekeeping to go through. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Okay. So the Edgar Awards are basically like the Oscar Awards for mysteries, thrillers, true crime, and television adaptations of... Um, novels or true crime. So they commemorate the birthday of Edgar Allan Poe. And this is sort of like a sacrilege, but I don't really like Edgar Allan Poe. I do uh, like the Edgar Awards. <laughs> um, like the Telltale Heart is like a creepy story. I've never and actually so, read any of his books. You haven't? So that's my, that's my admission. Okay, well... He's pretty common here to like be made to read in schools, right? Um, and like I'm yeah, we didn't have to read any of his books. Well, that's good. More people <laughs> should should do that. So I don't like Edgar Allan Poe very much, but I do like mysteries and thrillers and true crime. So these are the books that are nominated in a number of categories. The awards will be given apparently on April thirtieth at a banquet in New York, which we will not be attending, sadly. So. Our book bistro budget would just not support it. It's true. <laughs> the book bistro budget is like very limited and it does not allow us to travel to like, you know, posh banquets in New York City. Unfortunately. So there are a lot of categories here. Some of them um, don't really apply to things that we've read. So I'm going to just kind of move through the ones that have books um, that we have read. So for best novel, and there are a few here that we've read. Brooke has read Fake Like Me by Barbara Borland, which came out from Hachette Group. Um, you have also read Smoke and Ashes by a beer... Uh, Abir Mukherjee, which, which came... is the third, which is the third book in his Sam Windham um, ah, series. And okay, um, from what I can tell, 
it actually doesn't matter if you read the books out of order. That's well, what Natalia I will like it. But we won't tell Natalia that. <laughs> no, we won't because she'll but, not like it. But like I read the third book and I don't think I felt lost. Like I didn't seem to be missing anything, but I don't really know. I might go back and read the other two books just to see. To see if you were missing anything. Exactly. So this came out from Pegasus Books. Then we have, I think, my pick for this award, which is um, Good Girl, Bad Girl by Michael Robotham. Um, and it was good. From, yes, from Simon & Schuster Scribner. Um, and I really like Robotham in general. I think his Joe O'Loughlin series was my favorite of the stuff that he's done. But I'm interested to see where he goes with Good Girl, Bad Girl. So, out of the yeah, three... Yeah, I think the next book comes out in, if I'm not incorrect, July, I think. That would make sense. Like, yeah, sometime in the summer. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it's July it comes out. It's but, kind of a while still. Yeah. Um, like so, I the have... Fake, the book picked by me, I, it's yes. not a book I normally would affect, but okay. it sounded a little bit interesting. So, I actually... And when I read it, it was actually pretty interesting. Like, it's about a woman that you never learn. You actually never learn her name, which is actually oh God, a kind I of a, that. It's kind of an interesting way of writing. But you never find out the main character's name. But she, there's a fire, and all of her stuff is burnt. And she's, a, she's an artist. And she had, now has to recreate her paintings. Like, there's seven, I think there's seven paintings that she must recreate within, I think it's three months. And oh, wow. obviously she has nowhere to live. So she ends up living, um, finding out a way to get into this, like kind of a resort slash retreat for artists where um, her kind of idol used to live, but her idol committed suicide or is that's at least what's being said. Ooh. And so she, when she moves to this retreat, Nobody really wants to talk about Carrie, even though she, um, this, the main character, she wants to talk about her because it was our idol, right? And she wants right. to know, like, what happened and why did it happen and why does nobody want to talk about her? And just, and then she, at the same time, she's like struggling to get all these paintings done. So it was just a really interesting book and I can't really give any more out, but I would definitely check it out if you're into the artist learning about art and kind of just the mystery behind this whole like why aren't people talking about Carrie I struggle with the whole like unnamed narrator thing for some reason I I just have a hard time connecting they they wrote it in a way that it really doesn't it doesn't seem to it doesn't really matter like her name doesn't really matter Hmm. if that makes sense I will have to take a look at it. I read um, a fantasy novel earlier this year where the, the main character was nameless. Um, and that didn't bother me as much as I expected. Yeah. But it also like isn't my favorite way of, of writing. So this was actually you, the first book I've read about that. So if you had to pick between the three that you've read, so you have like Fake Like Me, then you have The Smoke and Ashes, which takes place in India. Yep. And then we have Good Girl, Bad Girl, which takes place in a, like, locked um, psychi- psychiatric unit in England. Do you have, like, a preference if, 
like one of those would win. Probably good girl, bad girl. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I haven't read the others that are mentioned here. Yeah. Um, the three that you've read are also up against um, The Stranger Diaries by Ellie Griffiths, which I do want to read at some point. And then The River by Peter Heller. Um, so it seems like, you know, there are a lot of choices here. I'm not familiar with all of them. But I hope for Good Girl, Bad Girl as well. That would be neat. Yes. Because he's just so, so talented. Um, yeah, I really actually... like his other, I like his other series. I can't remember yes. what it's called. Um, and he's actually yeah. Australian. Oh, neat. Um, and he has written, like, mostly books that take place in England, and then I think one that takes place in the U.S. So let's move on now to Best First Novel by an American Author. I'm very excited because the top of this list is My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing. Oh my God, and my favorite yes. book ever. I think it yes. might be one of my favorites. And this is out from Penguin Random House. It's um, a story about a couple who, in order to, you know, keep their marriage uh, lively. Fresh, yes, lively. I like that. They kidnap women together and kill them. Um, which is not something like I want to do with my partner, but you know, it's, and I'm it's, not, it's so, fine. I'm not really sure it's something that I would go for. Like if I was to suggest, <laughs> Hey hun, why don't we try <laughs> why don't we our marriage someone? and like go like kidnap somebody and kill them together. I think he would be like, <laughs> um, I think I need to go somewhere or take you somewhere. Yes. You'd have to go somewhere. He would not be a fan of this. But somehow, like, these people seem to make this work until, of course, it doesn't. Um, so this is, is very dark and very twisty. I'm excited for her second novel, which comes out, I believe, in March of this year. Um, but it, I would be really happy if she uh, walked away with this award. But, but then there's Angie Kim's Miracle Creek which is out from Ferris, Strauss, and Drew. And I loved Miracle Creek. If I, I had to pick I, between them, though, I'm really sorry, but I would have to pick my lovely wife. Oh, see, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. They're so think, different. I know, but at the same time, I, I think just the idea behind um, Samantha Downing's book also is just so... I guess different. It is. It is. It's very unique. I love though the themes in Miracle Creek of kind of like how far do we go to cure like disability or imperfections? And how far will you go to like save your family? Yes. And this whole idea of like, you know, the um oh, what do you call that? Like the the oxygen. Oh, the hyperbaric hyperbaric chamber? Yes. Like, that really fascinated me. Um, so I loved Miracle Creek. Um, it was on my radar, like, for months before it came out. And I was just, I really loved it. So I don't know. It would be a tough call for me between these two. Um, but then you also have another contender here in Lara Prescott's The Secrets We Kept, 
which is another um, Penguin Random House submission. Yeah, so this book is actually uh, based on a true story. Um, it's back when in the Cold War days when the CIA was trying to get into the hearts and minds of um, Soviet Union. And Ooh. in this, they, two women have been taken out of the uh, secretarial pool and they're being taught to be, um, what are they called? Swallows, which are also known as kind of like spies. So they're taught to drop off messages like very covertly or to pick up messages to get in the ends with some important men and to get information. And so it's just a really really interesting book. And the way that it's broken down is really neat. Um, At first, it's a little confusing because it was the way that it was broken down. But then as you got into it, you got used to it. And I'm really looking, like I haven't finished it yet, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all ties together. Because right now, a lot of the characters, they haven't, they, they kind of interact a little bit, but they don't interact enough that I totally know how it's all gonna tie together. So I'm really looking forward to see how it goes. So I don't always like, you know, like the high action spy thrillers, like um, what Daniel Silva writes or things like that. But I do really enjoy historical spy novels, like oh, you'll you know, like relating this to World War II. So yeah. I am excited about this one. There's also American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson, which I, um, it's another Penguin Random House submission. They have um, quite a lot of like balls in this court here. And I have not read this. I've picked it up a couple of times. I have it in audio with the fantastic Bonnie Turpin narrating. Um, I love the idea of taking like an African-American woman and putting her kind of in the forefront of um, kind of like spying but I haven't actually read the book and so I can't really speak to it. Now you read it and didn't care for it all that much. Is that correct? American Spy. No, I haven't read it. I read, I read American Predator. Oh, okay. Okay. I, for some reason was thinking that you read the, the Wilkinson book. Um, yeah, this is, Another kind of like historical spy novel, although this one kind of puts, like I said, an African-American woman in the forefront. I definitely want to check this out. Um, And I think I will before the awards are given, just so that when I see, you know, who wins, I can like actually feel like I know, um, you know, some thoughts on a lot of these. Um, Then there are a couple that neither of us have read um, Three Fifths by John Bircher coming out uh, from Paulus Books and The Good Detective by John McMahon, which is another Penguin Random House, G.P. Putnam Sons submission. So I don't know. This one I feel like is, is a, tough, a tough call. Like I, I struggle between The Downing and The Kim. Um, it'll be interesting to see who wins. We'll have to look it up and maybe even do another episode. Yeah, we'll have to talk about this like once uh, once we see who wins. Okay, so I'm going to briefly touch here on a category that they call 
best fact crime. I'm not sure why it's called that as opposed to like best true crime. Um, <laughs> there's one here that I've been interested in and I just haven't gotten around to reading it, but it's um, The Ghosts of Eden Park by Karen Abbott. Again, it's a Penguin Random House submission and it takes place in ja Jazz Age, New York. And it's about a murder that apparently like rocked that era. So I do want to check this out at some point. I do like um, historical devout New York, so I might have to check that one out. Yes. Um, then here's the one that you read, American Predator uh, by Maureen Callahan, another Penguin Random House book. And this kind of intrigued me just because, like, the guy that they were looking for, that um, – Israel Keys guy, yeah, I think is his name. Yep, Israel Keys. He, like um, his his crimes are just so like eerie and they're wild. He uh, so pretty much they didn't they just kind of they the way that he was captured was kind of interesting. Like that, um, he it was one of the last women that he that he that he. This is right at the beginning, so that's why I can say it. Um, one of the last women that he kidnapped, they were able to see some footage on the uh, cameras and they oh. somehow discovered who it was. So they captured him. And then um, the book starts from there. And it's really interesting to see the, like, the background of all the investigations because they go, this is kind of a different way of doing it. Like a lot of invest, a lot of books like this go from the start to the end. But this right. one, they start at the end, so when he's captured, and then they work their way back to his very first um, okay. crime. And, like, this guy is just, I don't know, amazing. Like, he's just, it's like, I can't even imagine. Like, um, then nobody knew about him, and it was the Alaskan PD who discovered him, and he killed people, like, across the United States, and he had, like, um, it says it says in the synopsis he had like his kill kits and his um, equipment you know, all buried in different areas throughout the United States, and he'd fly yeah. into different places that I he'd read like that, and then he'd an drive article. and go get his kit. Then he'd go and he'd like kidnap somebody, kill them, and then within hours just dump Ooh. them, and then he'd fly back home to hang out and become this great dad who's a who happens to be a construction worker. And it was just such a, I don't know, like, I felt horrible for his, for his daughter. Like, that's, that's one thing that I would feel bad for, like, the family members. Especially was her, his daughter, like, a kid? Or is she older yeah. now? I'm not sure now, but at the time, I thought she was a kid. Okay, yeah, that, that would suck a lot. Yeah. So also in this category, we have um, The Less People Know About Us, um, which is by Aston Betts-Hamilton. That's kind of, intriguing, kind of an intriguing um, title. The subtitle is um, A Mystery of Betrayal, Family Secrets, and Stolen Identity. So yes, ah. that could be interesting. Like if... Yeah you're interested in like the way identity theft works. Um, so that comes out from Hachette. Then we have Norco 80, the true story of the most spectacular bank robbery in American history. I don't 
usually like to read about bank robberies, so I don't know that I would be <laughs> but terribly interested. Popular one. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, and this is by Peter Houlihan. It came out from Counterpoint Press. Now, this one, um, Brooke and I talked about for a second before we actually started recording. This is Indecent Advances, and it's a hidden history of true crime and prejudice before Stonewall. So this is also from Counterpoint Press um, by James Polchin. And this might be interested, interesting just in terms of like the way the Stonewall movement um, affected all of these things in the way like the LBGT population was affected. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know that I'll actually read it. I'm pretty picky about my nonfiction. Yep. Um, you know, if it's a little dry. I'm I not think there always... might be another book that looked kind of interesting. I have to remind, like, check. I think it's near the bottom of that list. Yes. And it's something to do with medieval. Oh, it's in this um, critical, let's see. Best critical slash biographical. And there's like a book from University Press about Alfred Hitchcock and the censors. Huh. Um, there is Beyond the 39 Steps, which is the life of John Buchan. I don't know who I that don't know is. I who that is. Not it's sure. written by a family member of his, it looks like. Oh, Ursula Buchan came out from Bloomsbury. Um, this, though, is the one that you're talking about. It is Medieval Crime Fiction, a critical overview. Yeah, I and thought that looked kind of, I thought it sounded kind of interesting but I felt that it was going to be probably a little bit too long to read within a week. But Probably. Um, and I would assume that it's also kind of dry because it's more of like a critical thinking. analysis. I think it'd be better to take probably a class on that that had that as the textbook probably. Yes, that, that could work. Um, it comes out from McFarland Press and the author is Anne McKendry. And then this next one um, I've seen people reading on Goodreads lately. It is the Mutual Admiration Society. And it's about um, Dorothy L. Sayers and how her work kind of came out, you know, supporting women before that was uh, like, you know, a a popular thing to do. Um, And it's by Mo Moulton comes out, came out from Hachette. Um, So this is not a category that I paid a whole lot of attention to. Again, I tend to be pickier about my nonfiction. And if it looks dry or like textbookish, um, I'm not always the best reader of those things. So let's move to young adults. And this is very, very full of great books. So there's Catfishing on Catnet by Naomi Kreitzer um, from Tom Doherty Associates and Tortine. And I read this earlier this week, and it was very, very fun. It has a fantastic, like, artificial intelligence who actually is, like, a standout character in the book. Um, and so if you don't like a lot of, like, techie things, um, you know, AIs, It might not be a thing that you'd enjoy, but it's all about kind of like, what if the internet could be a person and like, how could you 
make sure that the internet didn't do terribly immoral things. Um, it raises similar questions to like uh, Robert J. Sawyer's Wake Watch Wonder series. Um, but it was just, it was very fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um, you have read Killing November by yeah, Adrienne is, Mather. And that's the first book in her Killing November series. And um, this book is about a boarding school for um, teenagers that are going to become assassins and um, what else? Spies. And one of the most interesting parts of the school is they have a eye for an eye um, kind of policy. So if somebody does something to you, then you can do something back to them that's just as um, like bad. So what happens is November ends up going to the school and she she learns about this eye for an eye policy. And well, she comes across a, a dead student and she must find out how this happened and kind of prove her innocence because an eye for an eye, right? So, oh, she, do they think like she killed whoever? Yeah, they're they're oh. thinking that she might have done it or she's involved in it. So she must prove her innocence, but at the same time, she's got to figure out like who's trying to set her up. So in and like who can she trust and who can't she trust? It's just a really really interesting book. This was on my list of things to read like I'm really, really soon. I'm really surprised you haven't read it yet. I was no. Surprised. I, I keep looking at it, like I have it sitting on my iPad, and then I get sort of caught up in like my, you know, huge pile of things to read, and it kind of slips further and further down. But I need to move it up to the like closer yeah, to the need, top you need to because because it, it does look really good. Are there other books out in the series yet? Um, no. I, if I'm not incorrect, the next book I thought I thought came out in, in March. I think it might Ooh. come out in March, but I'm not, I'm not, don't quote me on that one, but I'm pretty sure I saw that it came out in March. Well, I guess maybe I'll see it when I start putting together the list of uh, March releases, if that's when it's out. Yeah, it looks like March is going to be a good month. Yes. So this Killing November um, is out from Random House Children's. Then Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Ribe. Um, is a Penguin Young Readers book that looks to be set in the Philippines or at least have a Filipino main character. Um, it was on my list of things to read and I haven't gotten to it yet. I picked it up for a minute and then I got distracted. Um, but I do want to check it out before these awards are given. Now, 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 now. This next book, The Deceivers, Veil Hall. <laughs> number one and this is also um done by tom doherty associates and tour teen and this is really excellent it's another kind of school book but this one is is for con artists and i i love that a lot um i was a little worried i was telling brooke before we started recording there was a part in the middle that I started to wonder about like the direction that the book was going to take. And I was afraid it was going to go down a road that I didn't like so far. It hasn't. I have like two chapters to read before I'm done. 
Um, and then the second book, which is called Scammed, will be out by the time this episode airs. Um, so that makes me really excited because... See how the book ended and then it like, um, the version that I read, it has like a couple chapters from the next book and it oh. sounds like it's going to be really good. Like it's kind of a continuation. So it's got a bit of a cliffhanger, but not like a cliffhanger that you're like, oh, I can't read this book until that book comes out. Right. Well, fortunately, if it was like that, I'd only have to wait a couple days because as we're recording, um, (laughs) it'll be out on Tuesday. I'm reading it as an audiobook, and usually they will include the, um, like, excerpts from a new book, but sometimes not. So we'll have to see. Um, There's also Wild and Crooked by Leah Thomas. Which I Um, want to check out. Yes, it's on my list of things I want to check out as well. Um, it comes out uh, from Bloomsbury, but it's um, there's just a lot of such great young adult stuff here. Um, I would have to say, like based on the stuff that I've read, I would like to see the Deceivers win, but I feel like I also can't really say that without having read Killing November because that I does think it's also. Gonna be a, I think it's I uh, for me, it's almost a tie between the two of them. Hmm. We will see here. So I want to talk briefly um, about something in the television episode, or episode, no, the television category, because the first episode of Dublin Murder, which is the um, television adaptation of Tana French's Dublin Murder Squad series. Oh, I love those books. Yes, I love those books. I have not heard great things about the adaptation, so it interests me that this is nominated. I wonder here. If, it's on, if it's on Netflix. I'll have to check it out. It's like on like Stars or something, like one of those, okay. like paid. You know, like where Outlander yeah. is. Like, okay. So yeah, I don't. I don't know how easy I'll, it is. I wonder if it'd be on Crave TV then, because sometimes Crave has a bunch of those. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I've have to look into it. But it's a six-episode miniseries that apparently kind of mushes the first two books together um, and oh, kind of really? solves the kind of... That makes me sad, too, because the second book, which is The Likeness, um, is, like, my favorite ton of French book ever. Um, so I don't know. I don't always love adaptations. I feel like a lot of this episode is me saying what I don't always love. Um, but I guess <laughs> that's because there are a few things that I don't love. Um, but I'm interested here just that it um, it's nominated. And because I love Tana French, I, I, I certainly wouldn't be opposed if it won. But I'm not a big television person in general. So the last couple things um, are like awards given in the in the honor of like other mystery authors. So the first one is the Simon & Schuster Mary Higgins Clark Award. Um, The first book here is a HarperCollins book. It's The Night Visitors by Carol Goodman. And I usually really enjoy Goodman's writing. I did not, however, enjoy The Night Visitors. I feel like I I have to say that. It was one of those like kind of spooky, supernatural books that Carol Goodman does so well. But here I... I struggled with like the the amount of supernatural 
that was in here and kind of the ways in which like supernatural forces were sort of responsible for all these things. And I just, I found it difficult to buy into. Um, Goodman does a phenomenal job of making things spooky and atmospheric. So that of course was something that really stood out for me about the book, but in general, um, I'm not a fan of the night visitors and this would not be a book that I, I would expect to win. Um, Tara Laskowski's One Night Gone, which is out from Graydon House, is also and nominated I read that for one. this award. Yep. And I read that one. And how was it? It was good. It was, um, by the end, I felt like nothing, I didn't feel wowed by it. Okay. Like, I felt like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's, that was, that's okay. So it's about a girl named Maureen. And she goes to this seaside, um, like, community. And she feels like she's going to start her life over and that she's going to finally find her destiny. And so this, but by the end of the summer, she goes missing. Oh. Then we fast forward. So it's like a dual timeline, which everyone on the podcast loves. Yes. Um, And... So you fast forward 30 years and you meet Allison and Allison is going to be house sitting in this community and she has gone through a messy divorce. So their lives are kind of similar in that. Um, So she learns about Maureen at some point during her stay. And she she really, really wants to know what's happened to Maureen just because it's just kind of interesting. And I don't know, like, just people talk about it like hush hush and it's such a secret and all this stuff and like she's looking into it but at the same time like people in the community don't want the secrets to be discovered Mm -hmm. so it's it's a it's a good book but it's I didn't feel loud by the end okay I have it here um and I will read it at some point um because it's been like kind of on my radar for a while so I do want to check it out like, I definitely felt like I needed to, I wanted to finish it. So what's up okay. those books that I was like, oh, I really don't want to finish this, but I have to. <laughs> Why did I it start was, it? Exactly. It was just more of a, you finish it and then you're like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, good. fine. Next. <laughs> so I want to read Hank Philippi Ryan's The Murder List, which is also out from um, Tom Doherty. And I've read several of her other books like in her Jane Ryland series and she used to be a um, a television news reporter I think and so she writes about journalism in a way that feels really authentic this is a standalone so I don't know much about it and I can't really speak to you know whether or not it was good um, I can say that I've enjoyed her stuff in the past it's definitely um, on my list of books to read yes there's also Where the Missing Go by Emma Rowley, um, which is out from Kensington. And this is also something that's kind of on my radar. I don't actually own a copy of this, um, but I may have to remedy that sometime soon. Holy, we and found a book you don't have. It's true. And here's another one <laughs> that I don't have. This is Strangers at the Gate by Catriona McPherson. It's published by Minotaur Books. Um, and I've heard really good things about this author, but I have never 
never read her. So I may have to remedy that. And lastly, we have the G.P. Putnam and Sons Sue Grafton Memorial Award. Um, I have read some Sue Grafton in my time, I think. Yeah, I've um, read some of the, hers as well. Yeah, I, I, I was to, sad. I think I'm up to O. Okay, I was sad when she died, especially since the series wasn't finished, but it's not yeah, a series. I think she's at Y. I think she's at Y. I think she died at Y. So, yes, so she's like one more. Yeah, what I understand is um, she said that once she passed away, like, she's no more books. Like, she's not having a ghostwriter or anything. Which right, no one should finish. Yeah, there's it so is. Many, there's so many authors out there that have ghostwriters, and they're just, they're not as good. No, like, V.C. Andrews, whose ghostwriter has written, like, way more books since she's been dead. Than, or like, Steve Andrews. Larson, Steve Larson, and oh, the, uh, the Dragon yes. Tattoo books. Mm-hmm. I loved the first three that Steve wrote. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, um, I think so, too. But, like, since the other guy, I don't know what his name is, <laughs> took over. They're, David something? Yeah, okay. David Laver, Laver, Laver Stance or Lab, something like that. Um, he since he's taken over like I still read them because I'm interested in seeing like where will he take it but I'm not as excited about the books so this is a total like non sequitur but kind of falls into what you're saying about authors so you know Lee Child writes the Jack Reacher series and I've never read those I've read three okay so he has decided that he's not going to write that series anymore. And his brother is going to write it instead. Huh. So he told (laughs) his brother, whose name is Andrew Grant, that if his brother would legally change his name to Andrew Childs, um, he could finish the series. Really? Really. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know how that's going to go. Um, it's not a series that I read, like I said. If you so... don't want to write it, then just end it. <laughs> I know. I'm not there are quite so sure. many books out there. Like I don't even know what book he's up to. Like I've I read either. a few of the first. I think I might have read like I don't know a few, but not. I didn't read any in order. Like I might have read like number ten and number oh. like I don't know, seven and maybe like number four or something. So I haven't read very many, but and they were good, but I haven't read. But, like, they're up to, like, 20-something, aren't they? I think so. And he um, he was picked as a judge for the Booker Prize, which is, like, a really, like, a prominent award in the UK. Right. And so somehow, as a judge for the Booker Prize, I'm not sure if he just thought, like, he wouldn't have time to write the series so maybe like his brother should do it instead I don't know it was just a really weird like news story that I read um and I wasn't going to mention it on the episode until you start talking about like ghost writers and I was like oh it's kind of like a child like a little different yeah um so anyway going back to the uh memorial award um, Shamed by Linda Castillo, also from Minotaur Books. I love Linda, Linda Castillo. She writes these fantastic um, police procedurals that take place in a little tiny town in Ohio 
And we see so much of um, like the Amish community. Um, our main character, who is Kate Burkholder, she grew up Amish and ended up leaving the community um, as like a young adult. And now she's serving as the chief of police as kind of a bridge between the Amish and English communities. And as a result, she gets to solve all kinds of like grisly, um, grisly crimes. So I've read this series from start to finish and I look forward like every summer to the new one. So this one is shamed. And I, I would not be sad if, if this one won because I, I do really enjoy um, Castile's writing. There's also Borrowed Time by Tracy Clark, which is out from Kensington. I have not read that, and I honestly don't know much about it. Um, the Missing Ones by Edwin Hill, which is another Kensington book. I also have not read that. Now, The Sadaper Moonstone by um, Suhada Mafi, which is the second book in her Pervy Mystery series, um, comes out from Soho Crime. And I want to read the first one which is the widows of malabar hill yeah i would definitely um, read the first one because you learn a little bit more about Pervin and you get okay. to see like um kind of like how the whole system works so Pervin works as a kind of a she can't really be a lawyer because in her like in that those days so in like 1920 what, 21, 22, women couldn't be lawyers. So she worked for her father. She works with her father, and her father lets her do some of his cases, but he puts her on as, like, an investigator. But really, okay. she, she is doing a lot of the legal work, and he's just the one that kind of stands in front of the judge. All right. Because there are situations... Um, she mostly deals with situations where the people either can't deal with a man. So in oh, Indian so like culture, a, a lot of women. Right. So, like, so like the widows of Barbara Hill, um, they weren't, they, they should not be dealing with men. So that's where she comes in. She was able to help them out. But her dad, like her father, does all of like the court stuff. And then okay. in the next book, the um, Sadapur Moonstone, She's asked to go to a palace in Sadapur, and they're asking her to help determine whether or not um, the prince should go to a boarding school or if he could stay home and be just taught by, like, the people there. Like tutors um, or whatever? Yeah, by tutors and stuff. Like, her, his mom wants him to go to, like, his mom wants him to stay, I'm pretty sure. Pritchard's mom, if I'm not incorrect, his mom wants him to stay, but his grandma wants him, so the queen wants him oh. to go and to uh, learn, like to stay, like to go and learn more and to, and uh, so she asks uh, Pervin to come and to determine this. But at the same time, some things are happening at the palace and the king, or I'm not sure what, what he's called, is something like the mayor. I don't know what the word is. I can't really pronounce it, but it's kind of like the king. He's been, um, I don't know if he was, I think they, he was poisoned or something. And then oh. his son, so the older, the prince's older brother, also ends up dead shortly after the king. 
and he was killed during a hunting accident. And so these things are happening and Purveen ends up in this whole like, consp like uh, conspiracy and they're wondering like what's going on, to, but she feels that she must protect the children, the royal children. So it's kind of interesting this, how it all works out and how she determines what she needs to do, but also by protecting the children. I'm always excited about like women being kind of put in the forefront of historical mysteries uh -huh. because so often they're about men. Yep. Um, so I've been pretty excited about this series since I first heard um, about the widows of Malabar Hill, which I think came out in 2018. So also in this category are um, a couple of other things that I haven't read. The Alchemist's Illusion um, by Gigi Pandian. And this came out from Midnight Incorporated. And Girl Gone Missing by Marcy R. Rendon, which came out from Cincus Pontus. So I am not familiar um, with most of the things that are nominated for this award, aside from the um, Suhada Masi, which I haven't read but want to. Oh, and of course, ooh, the Linda Castillo, obviously. <laughs> so that is kind of a brief rundown of the Edgar Award nominees. I actually saw a list of so many things that were submitted to the Edgars, but that didn't actually get nominated. And I saw a ton of psychological thrillers, which I love. And I'm surprised that more of those were not nominated here. Yeah, because there was some good ones last year. There were. And things like um, My Lovely Wife, which kind of, you know, fits that psychological yep. thriller profile. Like some of those are nominated, but a lot of them feel more like straight up, you know, mysteries or procedurals. Um, that seems like, like we... it's what most of the awards are being given to are the more straight up, like straightforward mysteries and procedurals. Right. Like there's not, there doesn't seem to be a place yet for that kind of creepy, like super twisty psychological fiction, um, which, you know, hopefully... Because, like, Cause there um, are so many of those. The Silent now. Patient would have been a good one. Oh, yes. Or, yes, The Silent um, Patient Verity. is fantastic. I don't know. I don't remember exactly when Verity came out, but Verity would have been 2018, good. I think, was a Verity yeah. year. Yes, I love Verity. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of great mysteries. I will be eager to see how these awards play out in April. And I will, of course, also be interested in hearing if any of our listeners have read any of these books and if people have kind of opinions um, on what should or should not win. Also, to let us know, like, what books that we haven't read or haven't yes. that uh that were good just for our own so we learn about books that we don't know about. Yes, because there's a lot of books that we have read, but there are also... A so lot that we, have that we haven't. Yes. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to Brooke for taking time out of her Friday evening to chat with me about mysteries and thrillers. And thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for all of her editing. I, of course, want to thank all the listeners who have joined us, not only for this episode, but for the many others that we have done in uh, the almost year and a half now that Book Bistro has been a thing. 
If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.